You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into a Tuesday edition of the podcast. Plenty to get to ahead on this episode as we look back at Monday media availability for the Cougars. Only two days of media availability this week with the Friday game on tap. BYU and Utah State getting ready to square off. You will hear from three of BYU's players and their thoughts on the status of this game actually being a rivalry or not. We'll also let you hear a little bit from Kalani Sitake. What does he make of his defense coming out of that USF game? He gives an update on injuries. We'll have all of that for you guys as we proceed throughout today's podcast. Today's title sponsors are our friends over at Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Check them out at rockauto.com. All right, without further ado, though, here on a Tuesday, let's dive on in. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 28th, 2021. What's up, my friends? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars. Welcome on in to your first listen of the day. Yes, we aim to be the first place you guys stop every single day, no matter when you happen to be listening, and want you guys to be the smartest BYU fans out there. So a big thank you straight up front that you guys are the best fans out there. You have driven this podcast to heights we've never before reached as a podcast, and it's all due to you guys. So thank you for making us your first listen every day and hope you guys are enjoying the product. By way of introduction, for any of you out there who may be new, my name is Jay Catch. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. I am the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning in my day job, but every day I hang out with you guys talking BYU sports right here on this podcast, and it's an absolute privilege and an honor once again to be with you guys. Now, our typical format during the fall is our Monday episodes usually are released sometime on Sunday because I don't believe in making you guys wait for the good stuff. When I do my film review, we call them film review Mondays. They come out on Sunday, even though I talk about it as being a Monday edition of the show because I still think there's a fair amount of you, actually, if not the majority of you, who listen to it on Monday. So today's show, even though you might be listening to it on a Monday, this is technically the Tuesday show. And the reason why I release it early is because BYU football media availability during the season on Monday is held at noon. So I am not going to make you guys sit back and twiddle your thumbs all afternoon and evening long waiting for the next edition to drop overnight. So I'm getting this to you guys as soon as possible. And let's start off today talking a lot about what's going on with Utah State as BYU gets ready to take on the Aggies. And I thought it was a very interesting dichotomy of comments about the rivalry involving BYU and Utah State from the BYU player perspective. Now, this is a rivalry that dates back decades, and it's fierce. It might be fiercer to some than others, but it is a fierce rivalry. I have family who are natives of the Cache Valley who have been associated with Utah State forever, and they are about as diehard as it comes for the Aggies. They have sat through a lot of lean years as Aggie football fans in particular, but they look forward to this game. Now, can I say the same thing about BYU fans? Not necessarily, because I think most BYU fans out there, to a man or a woman or whoever you might be, would say that the rivalry with the University of Utah is BYU's chief rivalry. 
Now, the debate would come, is Utah State number two, is Boise State number two, or is there some other school out there that you consider to be more of a rival than those two? Let's let you guys hear from the BYU players themselves, and we'll start off with what I consider to be the most benign take on this, whether it's a rivalry or not, and that comes by way of BYU wide receiver Gunnar Romney. Here's what he had to say with regards to the Aggies. Um, a little bit, for sure. I mean, they are rival. Um, we want to go in there to their to their home field and get a win. Um, but in the end, it's just another game. You know, it's it's just another. We look at games one week at a time, and this is the game that we have next. And so, really, it should be treated as any other game should be. So Romney does consider Utah State a rival, but he takes it from the perspective also that this is just the next game on the schedule. And I actually can appreciate what he's saying. Yes, it is an important game. It's very important to the fans out there, and probably important to certain players on both of these respective squads but he also looks at as you know what it's our opportunity to get to 5-0 and we're living our dreams as a football program right now they have ambitions of making it to a big time bowl game if they can run the table this year I'm sure and they know what is in front of them because they made that run last year a similar type run you saw it kind of come crashing down in that loss to Coastal Carolina and I think there's a laser focus from these players they understand if they can run the table here there's a big old carrot dangling out there but they've got to take it on a game by game basis. Now, a guy who doesn't necessarily, I think, understand the rivalry fully, because he's a guy from out of state, obviously, but also, as you'll hear him talk about, he's only played in one of these battles for the wagon wheel. That's Neil Pau. Here's his take on the Utah State game. I've never seen Utah State as a rival. I know that we there's the wagon wheel and stuff, but I've only played them once. I didn't play them the, the last time that we won it because I was suspended. So, I mean, I just see them as another team. We saw Utah as another team, so that's what we're going to do it as. All right, so there we go. We've got one guy who says he does consider them a rival, but he looks at it on a game-by-game basis in terms of how he handles his business, speaking of Gunnar Romney. We just had Neil Pau, who's a guy from out of state who's only played in one of the games, who says he doesn't consider them a rival, but he also adds that they didn't necessarily look at Utah as the end-all, be-all game. She looked at it as the next opportunity to get better and go out and win a football game, but he doesn't consider them a rival. Well, let's have a guy from in-state, a guy who knows what this game potentially means or doesn't mean to him. Here's Gabe Summers. I do consider them a rival, but I think more than anything, Utah State is just another team to play. I feel like uh, oftentimes there's people who really dislike us, and to us, they're just another team, and I feel like Utah State is a, is a good example of that. Of course, we're going to come out and, and come play to win, but I feel like to us, it's just a game. We're just ready to play another game. There you go, Gabe Summers with probably the most bulletin board-worthy material of the three there, and he's got a point. Uh, in speaking with people, and I've gotten to know a fair amount of people from the back in the Mountain West era for BYU, even going back to the WAC, that there were Wyoming fans out there. There were San Diego State fans, UNLV fans, Colorado State fans, Air Force fans. Essentially, anybody and everybody who faced BYU on an annual basis and wanted nothing more than to knock off the big old bully that were the Cougars, yeah, they did consider BYU a rival, but BYU didn't necessarily consider them as such. And I think that's what Gabe Summers' point is. is It's a game, it's an opportunity to go win it, but it doesn't have the same type of meaning to him as let's say potentially the Utah game does. And as I mentioned, Gabe Summers is from in-state. He is a guy that he has grown up here. He played at Westlake High School. He's the son of a former BYU star himself and Hiram Summers. So he's well-versed in what this means to the state. And 
There's his take. So very interesting, as I mentioned, dichotomy of how these players look at it. But I do think it is a rivalry game. That's my personal take on it. I always enjoy when these two classic rivals square off on the Friday before LDS General Conference. I think it's a really cool, unique feature of how things are scheduled here. And I'm hopeful that it continues on into the future. Obviously, there will be scheduling concerns to be weighed as BYU makes the move into the Big 12 down the road. Will they have eight conference games? games then book Utah and Utah State every single year. Well, that's also going to depend on Utah State and Utah's availability. I would assume the Aggies are always going to be up for playing the Cougars, but I do wonder how the Cougars will address that moving forward, and maybe we can have a discussion about that in the offseason, dig into that a little bit more, talk with some folks, and see what the sentiment is on that regard, but we'll have more for you guys here as we continue on to get you ready throughout this upcoming week. It's a fun week. Uh, The battle for the wagon wheel, it should not be taken lightly, and obviously I don't think Utah State is going to take it lightly, especially coming off a 27-3 drubbing at the hands of Boise State. We'll get more on this throughout the week, as I mentioned, but we're also going to hear from Kalani Sitake. Some very interesting thoughts from him, especially regarding facing the two-quarterback system that Utah State is deploying currently. What does he do to battle that? We'll get to those comments in just a second here. Today's show, though, is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Not sure if you guys ever heard of Prize Picks, but it is daily fantasy made easy. It's actually a really, really cool concept. It's a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anybody else in the world and offers all of the star players of the Power 5 as well as mid-major players you might not have ever heard of. They offer any prop you can think of with regards to these players. Think of quarterbacks with uh, touchdowns, yardages, even interceptions thrown. And all you do is you pick two to five players in an over-under on their projections and you can up to ten times on any entry and it's just you versus those projected numbers. Price pick also does allow mixed sport entry so you can take the over on an NBA player like LeBron James combined with the under on Patrick Mahomes in the NFL, and then maybe the over-under on what Jaron Hall is going to do in the upcoming game. It's really that way. It's really that simple. It's really how they operate, folks. You can go to their website right now, prizepicks.com, and when you make your first deposit, you can receive a 100% instant deposit match. So that's double your money. Just be sure to use the promo code Locked On when you do that. You also can download their award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. And the best part about this, your entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. You're in, you're out, and you're on your way. It's really that simple. It's really that easy. And the best part, Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out PrizePicks.com. And use the promo code locked on for that 100% match up to $100. Go to your app store and download the app today as well if you don't want to go online. That's Prize Picks. They are daily fantasy made easy. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Rock Auto. As you guys probably are aware, anymore with all the makes and models out there that seem to always be increasing, it's impossible for the local chain auto parts store you may rely on or even the dealership that you like to frequent to keep all the parts you need in stock. Why would you endure often those often pointless or meaningless questions about, well, what kind of car is it and what is that? All that stuff. You know what I'm talking about. When a guy is looking stuff up on his computer and essentially tells you why well, I have option A or B, and that comes from just their warehouse, what they have on stock and what they can order from. Well, 
that's where Rock Auto comes into the equation, my friends. They've got every make and model under the sun covered with every manufacturer and every part under the sun right there on their website. You have got access to rockauto.com, which is a better resource than that laptop or computer the guy is using at the auto parts store. And the best part is you can even pull it up on your phone. You can do it mobily. The best part about Rock Auto is their goal is to save you time and money when using rockauto.com. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from that chain store or car dealership? For an example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, just $216 from Rock Auto. That's a significant savings, almost $150, folks. It's a family business, been serving do-it-yourselfers online for over 20 years. The best part about Rock Auto, the prices are always reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could ever need. Brake parts, tail lamps, brand new engines, motor oil, even new carpet. You guys can get over there, check it out yourselves, and see the resources available to you guys. And it's really simple. The layout is extremely simple. You mention what car you have, you type it in there, and all of a sudden it adds has every part available. You click on the part, has all the different manufacturers, all the different types. You click, point, drag, drop, ship it, and it delivers directly to your door. It's fantastic. I have used it. I would encourage you you guys to use it. So what I need you guys to do is go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Please make sure that you write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. That's amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out at rockauto.com. Time now to hear from Kalani Satake, BYU head coach, of course, holding his weekly media availability Monday afternoon. And let's start off with, uh, obviously, the injury updates that are out there. And I think many of you out there are very curious on how the Cougars came out of that USF game in terms of injuries. Was anybody lost for the season? Well, Kalani Satake laid out exactly what's going on and who might miss this week in his eyes. Here you go. As for now, nothing. Um, it's no one out for the season, so we're still evaluating some some injuries. We'll add some guys that, that didn't practice that could have gone in the game last week, but didn't practice as much. And I'm not going to play a guy in the game if, if they didn't really have a lot of practice time. And so we'll add those guys today. They'll be able to practice and participate and, and get ready for that Utah State game on Friday. Other than that, I think only one that would be highly doubtful is Caleb Christensen, which is sad because he's he's from that area and and uh, was looking forward to going back home and performing in front of his family and friends out there but uh, that's the only one that's highly doubtful for now. Caleb Christensen is an interesting case, folks, because he's been BYU's primary kick returner for the time he's been in Provo so far, but unfortunately, he's not been given much of an opportunity to really return kicks. Most of the kicks either are too deep in the end zone, or I'm guessing at times Ed Lamb essentially telling him, you're not returning this kick no matter what it does, unless it's kicked into the field of play, and you have to return it. And even then, now with the fair catch rule, you can catch that ball anywhere inside the 20-yard line, and it automatically is advanced to the 25. So, Caleb Christensen may not seem like a major loss, but it's unfortunate for the young man, as Kalani mentioned, because he is from Skyview High School up there in the Cache Valley. Obviously, family and friends probably looking forward to seeing him out there for the Cougars, but it appears that he will be unavailable. The players that Kalani Satake mentioned that are expected to return are along the defensive line. Elisa Tuiaki on Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV mentioned that Tyler Batty and Atunai Samahe are expected to be available this Friday. They were held out, and as Kalani mentioned, the guys aren't 
aren't practicing fully. They're a little bit wary of putting them into a game. And when it came to Jaron Hall, there was a specific ask, uh, question asked of Kalani Satake with regards to Jaron Hall's status. Satake addressed, and I also think laid out exactly how BYU approaches injuries versus preparation for the game. And if a guy will be able to play, here's what he had to say in that vein. Yeah, I think Jaron will be available. We'll, we'll see how it goes in practice. We, we work off of what we can get in practice and then make it a final decision when we get closer to game time. So regardless of the position, if a guy is able to practice, then we have to go with who we think will give us the best opportunity to, to win and also what's right by the players. So we have guys that are always competing and definitely uh, trying to find reps on the field. And so that, that happens in practice. So he'll be, he'll be practicing today if, if that helps your, your question. Lest you guys think that's a lot of coach speak out there, Kalani Satake and his staff actually follow a similar model to Bronco Mendenhall in that a player, if they don't practice by Thursday in a given week ahead of a game, and in this case, for Utah State, with it being a Friday game, it'd probably be Wednesday. It's essentially two days before game time. If a player is not cleared to practice and they don't practice fully by that time, essentially they are ruled out. I was told last week, and I know a number of you who listen to this podcast heard me talk about that my doubts were that Jaron Hall was going to play against USF. Now, to become straightforward on this, and I think I might have mentioned it last week. If I did not, though, I was told Tuesday there was a 90% chance that Jaron Hall was not going to play against USF. He's beat up. He had taken a number of big hits, especially against Arizona State and Utah, and the coaching staff was hopeful that a week off would do him some good and get him back as close to 100% as a guy could be hoped to be at this point in the season. Now, I don't know what the status of Jaron Hall is this week, but I am going to take Kalani Satake at his word in that Jaron Hall is expected to practice on Monday, and I'll have an update for you guys, hopefully from our practice insiders, at some point this week, and I'll pass along what I am hearing. I'm hopeful that Jaron Hall can play. The good news is, as all of you guys saw, Baylor Romney is more than adept and maybe more than capable. Maybe he is a guy that some of you, I know some of you thought that he probably should have been the starting quarterback for BYU. He has proven that if Jaron Hall has any type of setback this week in practice and is unavailable to play in Friday night's game, I would not hesitate one bit if I'm BYU's coaching staff to insert Baylor Romney and fully expect him to run the offense to the fullest degree it can be run and expect them to have success. He is a really, really good football player on top of being just a good quarterback. Accurate, a big arm, underrated athleticism, I really like Baylor Romney's game, but the game-breaking element that Jaron Hall brings, if Jaron Hall is able to go, he's cleared by the doctors, he practices fully at some point this week, and the coaches say, you know what, he's good to go. His game-breaking abilities, we all saw against the University of Utah and Arizona State in particular, is what gives him the edge over Baylor Romney. We'll see how things shake out later in the week, but as I mentioned, I will be sure to bring you anything I hear in that regard and, of course, update you guys throughout the week. Now, a couple of notes on Utah State and how BYU is approaching this week. The Aggies have deployed a two-quarterback system and, by and large, sitting at 3-1 and one on the season – they have actually done it pretty successfully. Logan Bonner is a transfer from Arkansas State, has played for Blake Anderson, the new head coach up there in Logan, for his entire collegiate career. He has come in and been a really good player at points for Utah State, but also has had his issues when it comes to being a little uh, bit of a gambler, a riverboat gambler type of quarterback. 
Well, his counterpart up there is Andrew Peasley, the incumbent, a guy who started the majority of last year for Utah State during their abbreviated 2020 campaign, a guy who's seen playing time going back to 2019. Peasley maybe has more of the running ability versus Bonner, where Bonner has more of the big arm and the ability to really get the ball down the field. Well, according to Kalani Satake, preparing to face off against both of these quarterbacks is both a challenge and also an opportunity for BYU. Well, the styles are different, but both can throw the ball well and they both can run. So it's 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 uh it's not like the identity all of a sudden shifts and changes. I think both can make plays. What I've been re- impressed with is that both teams, uh, both quarterbacks can and can lead a comeback. And though they've been down before and they've been able to fight back in the games, and so you, when you watch the film, it's not like one does one thing only and the other does the other. They they both can run, they both can can throw. And then you surround them with some really good talent in their skill positions in the physical line. They look really good. I I, I, I like what I see when I'm watching them on film. So we know it's, it's a difficult matchup and we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Kalani Satake may dispute what I had to say because I truly believe that Andrew Peasley is the better runner of the two. Speaking of um, Logan Bonner versus Andrew Peasley for Utah State, but he does have a point. The offense necessarily doesn't change wholesale to fit both of these quarterbacks. And also, as he mentioned, Utah State has rallied from 10 plus point deficits in each of their three wins. That is something to be looking at in terms of BYU and the, the Aggies when they square off. If BYU does jump out to an early lead, Utah State is not out of that game by any means. Now, if they do what they did against Boise State and tally 317 yards on offense in the first half and have zero points to show for it, well, that's a little different story. But nonetheless, this is a big-time game. I look forward to it. I know the players are looking forward to it, as you heard. Kalani Sitake, you heard him explain that it's a game that he looks forward to. He played in this rivalry. Kalani understands the magnitude of these in-state games, especially when it comes to the recruiting game, the perception in-state, all of that stuff. And at this point in the season, really, can you afford a loss to Utah State if you're BYU? No, you really can't, but we'll have more on this throughout the week as we prepare you for that game. Hoping at some point to be joined by my boss, Scott Gerard, who is the play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz. I work for him over at the Zone Sports Network, and we are obviously at the Zone, the radio broadcast home of Utah State football. And Scotty, he knows the Aggies as well as anybody. I look forward to catching up with him at some point this week. Hope to get his take on this rivalry. And he's got a really nuanced opinion considering he also covers BYU day-to-day with the Hands and Scotty show as well. All right, coming up here in just a minute, though, we'll wrap up today's show with some other news and notes involving BYU athletics you may not have heard of. A really cool thing that Mark Pope is doing that I think actually has got a two-fold uh, mission in mind with what he is doing overseas, across the pond, if you will, We'll explain more about that in just a few moments. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. They are the best of the best when it comes to the sports betting world, folks. Bet Online is the number one spot, especially if you're interested in pro and college football action this season. They've got a new updated website and an interface with even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be number one in terms of your source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. 
That is double your initial deposit just for signing up. Do not forget to use the promo code NFL100 to take advantage of that offer. From football to basketball to boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the upcoming season and also seasons when it comes to your betting interests. It's all courtesy of Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. One more time out on today's show to talk to you about our friends over at Elevate Fitness. Many of you heard me talk about Rich and the team over there at Elevate, but they have been life-changing for me. I have lost over 45 pounds in the past almost eight months now, and it's been an absolutely marvelous experience because... Not only do I feel much better in terms of just not feeling as heavy as I was, I'm feeling better physically because I am now getting to the point where I'm metabolically healthy. The important part about what Elevate Fitness and Insulin IQ will teach you is how detrimental insulin resistance is to your everyday health and the myriad of things that it affects. Rich and his team know exactly what they are talking about. This is all built on research done by Dr. Ben Bickman at BYU. Many of you might know his name. He's done a lot of different things in this space and he's got a a lot of compelling research that insulin resistance is kind of the gateway to a lot of different issues in our everyday lives in terms of our health. I want you guys to learn more about this. You can go to insuliniq.com slash elevate to learn more now. Also, while you're there, you can schedule an initial consultation to learn more and you can meet with Rich or a member of his team directly, whether that's in person at their gym in Orm, just off of 4th North and State Street, or you can do it online from the comfort of your home. The best part about it, there is no obligation beyond that initial consultation. You've got nothing to lose. I can tell you this much. Rich reached out to me in March. He's a daily listener of this podcast. And he said, Jake, you need to come in and check this out. And I'll be frank. I was not thinking I was going to take him up on the offer, but I have done so. And it's been a life-changing experience for me. I hope it can be the same thing for you. So once again, get into insuliniq.com slash elevate to learn more now. Sign up for that free consultation. Meet with Rich and see if it's the right answer for you. The simplicity in what they are teaching you is what I love about it. So give it a shot. Once again, that's insuliniq.com slash elevate. And make sure to tell them that Jake Hatch and Locked On Cougar sent you when you stop by. Before we go here on this Tuesday edition of the podcast, it was fun to see on social media emerge over the weekend and on throughout Monday that Mark Pope is apparently in the motherland. And I am a grandson of a woman who emigrated from Germany. And when you see somebody over in Germany, it just brings really cool feelings to me. And I think this is a really cool thing that Mark Pope is doing. I'm not 100% certain if this is a business trip for him, but he is over there. He has visited four of his former players that I have seen, Matt Harms, uh, Jake Toulson, Yoli Childs, and Kenneth Ogby, who played for uh, Pope when he was at UVU as the head coach over there in Orem. All four of them play in the Bundesliga, the basketball version. Obviously, there's a German Bundesliga, more famous in soccer, but they do have a basketball version of that. All four of those former players that played for Pope are now playing in that league, and Mark Pope is over there visiting them. I think this is a really cool thing that Pope is doing. I think he's over there, obviously, uh, getting to catch up with those guys, find out how things are going in their world. A number of them are married, etc. But I also think there is some shall we say, uh, ulterior motives to that. I think Mark Pope understands that recruiting, especially in the world of basketball now, is literally going worldwide. It's going global. And if he can go over to Germany and run into a player or two by accident, okay, I'm not saying he's going to cheat, but 
if he can run into a player two or observe a player two that maybe has interest in coming to play for BYU and it pays off in the form of a game-changing player that can join the BYU roster down the road, this is a great, great idea. So as I mentioned, I'm not 100% certain. I would guess this is more of a pleasure trip for him and his wife, Leanne. But Leanne is the daughter of a longtime coach. She knows what the basketball lifestyle is all about. She's actually been an instrumental key in the early success that Mark Pope has had because she really does a lot of things behind the scenes for the BYU men's basketball program. So I think this is cool that he's visiting his former players and catching up with them, but also maybe it results in a player or two who has increased interest in BYU and they begin to expand that international pipeline. We have all seen programs like Gonzaga, uh, teams like Baylor that BYU is going to be part of the Big 12 going up against, even like Kansas. They're going international. They're bringing in players from overseas who are high-level players. If BYU, and I don't know why they haven't already, can tap more into the international pipeline of talent around the globe it comes from all over we all know that africa asia europe it's from all parts of the globe tap into that and if it can benefit byu with its global reach especially with the fan base why not pursue this so really really cool thing to see and best of luck to mark pope and his family as they travel overseas and hopefully as i mentioned it has some positive benefits for the byu basketball program along the way All right, that's going to do it. A big thank you once again for making it your first listen of the day. It's an absolute privilege and an honor to talk BYU with you guys every single Monday through Friday. And this time of the year, it's more like six or seven days a week. But follow the show on social media. Make sure you check us out at Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. My personal Twitter feed, if you'd like to follow there and weigh in with more of my takes on sports at large, I'm at Jacob C. Hatch. And as always, feel free to reach out via email, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Now, for your second listen of the day, I'm going to encourage you guys to get over and listen to the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Josh Neighbors is doing a fantastic recap each week of what you need to know in terms of how results went over the weekend in football and obviously getting you ready for the week ahead. So make sure the next thing you do is tell your smart device or if it's just right there on your podcast app of choice, play the Locked On Big 12 podcast and get up to speed on everything involving BYU's new conference home. And with that, I am going to sign off. Thanks again for joining us. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 28th, 2021, and we will talk to you guys manana.